Welcome to the Frank's Percussion Podcast. I'm Frank Leo. This episode is part two of the conversation I had with my friend, Jimmy Lopez. Jimmy details how his struggle with addiction turned into an 11-year sobriety kick that's still going strong. This is the first time Jimmy and I have spoken about addiction, and I was delighted to learn more about his personal journey. As always, Jimmy is wide open about his life, feelings, hijinks, and triumphs. At the same time, going through this mental turmoil of, I really want to drink, I really want to drink. Oh man, a line will be, a line of cocaine will be, oh man. It took how to approach it and how to do it and what am I going to say and who are the people that are head with that heavy energy? Because when you're in it, you get sucked into that energy. And then who are the people who are just really cool? They're just having a good time. You can just be like, yo, I'm, I'm going to see you later. I always think of Jimmy with a sense of wisdom and admiration, now more than ever. I hope you will enjoy listening to our talk. Now, at this point in time in my life, I started seeking out percussion teachers and drum teachers and learning music and stuff like that. So now I, I was able to like, okay, this is what I need to do. At this time, too, I had problems with drinking and narcotics, too, because the nightlife scene, I didn't have anybody who to teach me the right and wrong thing. So at this time, I was still, I was drinking, but, you know, there was, but I was able to, to do what I needed to do, to get what I needed to get, by st- but I was still partying a little too much. So getting sober was one of the major things I needed to do in order for me to maintain what I'm doing. Because I, I, at this point, I, I, I do read books about my heroes and how they, their careers took a turn for the worse because of narcotics, drinking, and drugs. So I, I had to quickly figure, I figured, oh, okay, now I'm here doing this thing. I got to get off drugs. I got to get off drugs. I got to get off alcohol. That's just me. If you do whatever you do out there is what you do. It's just for me, just, it just was not working. Thank God I was able to maintain showing up to the gigs, playing what I got to play, taking what I take, enhancing it, stay, still doing it in a way where no one's like, okay, this guy's, we got to get this guy off. It was so, so whatever, thank God, whatever. But finally, you know, so I was on the road of recovery at this point in time in my life, as well as enjoying freedom I never had before. And this time going back and learning things that I should have learned as a musician. So it was a good time because up at this point as a musician, it was, hey, do you play this music? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. I got a gig Friday. Come, come, and we might have a rehearsal. We might not, but here's the sheet music. and. Here's the CD. Okay, great. So I would just learn from the CD and remember, write my own notes down for remedial scoring that I remember that I kept up with from grammar school and just writing my own notes and showing up and playing because of the music and whatever. So I was able to go back and, and study again through that time and then learn to hustle. That was the thing, the hustle now. Now I am my own manager. I am my own PR person. I am my own this. So that's that helped hair for let's say the wedding stuff to now when someone calls me I have to get on the ball because if New York City's quick and if they call you and you don't get back to somebody within a half hour 
they think That's they got to call it's, somebody it's, else. Yeah. yeah. They might not even answer again. Like, not even call heck? somebody else who's you got to call back because they've already called you and five other people. So whoever gets whoever calls back first right. is going to get the thing. So quickly like oof realizing that and but that's with anything but like negotiating money how much do you charge oh you know right learning my self-worth on that so it helped me learn the business aspect of 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 what many other musicians do not learn you know a lot of them are just happy to get a gig you know so i quickly through dj culture i appreciate it because the dj culture has taught me a lot of things that I carry with me outside of DJ culture as a musician, which is really cool. And that mainly is the business aspect because DJ culture has allowed me to make money as a musician more than playing with bands. You know, I was not able to sustain myself playing with bands, but yet I gained much experience playing different types of music genres and learning different types of music. But it was the DJ culture that allowed me to live a lifestyle of which I am now receiving payment regularly from playing music as a percussionist. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I always have respect for that music scene and genre because that's the stuff that allowed me to be where I am today where now, you know, playing exclusively with bands and exclusively with other musicians outside of DJs, which is awesome because this is where I've always wanted to be. And I've been doing that throughout my career. It's just now it's come to that where I, I'm able to be in a place where I can exclusively play with bands. And, you know, and, and, and it's awesome. And I dig it. It's a very well. Well, I won't say exclusively. No, let me leave that out. Where I'm now playing, now it's, more way more bands than playing with DJs and stuff, but I still play with DJs and things like that. So I, I can it's there. Well, it's it's <laughs> that's very, where I'm at today. It's a very well paying job, I think, because there is an assumption that you are a well versed musician mm. besides this particular thing, right? Like, and people want that. People want to see somebody who they know like can hang mm -hmm. and has a culture of experiences. That makes sense. Can I ask you about sobriety and stuff? Yeah, I love I'm it. I'm fascinated by both alcoholism and addiction and sobriety. Ah. I'm fascinated by both parts of the the topic here and everything in between because it's very much in psychology as well. Okay. And, and because there's also something that's not right like but also when you said you were using drugs. Yeah. People also like to see musicians who are experimenting with it's a thing with their with their mindset and and <clears> psychology <throat> and and chemical balance like it's a thing yeah. jazz musicians right yeah. like using drugs like it's a thing people want to hear expanding of the mind they want to think that's part of the process maybe it is maybe it isn't right like maybe right. it helps maybe <clears throat> it doesn't maybe at the end of the day it's just getting high okay or maybe. You are exploring, like, because you're relaxed, your your inhibitions are in this state where you feel excited about yeah. yourself, right? Like, that's what it does. So there's a whole lot to that, right? Like, that, I, I love this topic. Can I ask, what kind of drugs were you taking? Mainly alcohol and cocaine Okay, was the ping pong. <laughs> that was go that was the tennis match that was going on consistently throughout these times. Yeah. Marijuana was a thing that I would take 
just to relax when I'm fine. Well, not when I'm finally home, but when I'm trying to. Getting really into marijuana came later, but I, I, I like marijuana because my friends from Jersey would smoke weed and, and I love listening to music when I'm, when I'm stoned. It's just I hear things I haven't heard before when I'm sober, like, oh, this one song, and then all of a sudden I smoke a joint, and I'll hear that same song, and something new will come out. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So smoking weed was a thing I get to relax in the house and enjoy, <clears throat> enjoy to help me sleep. That was the thing, to help me sleep. After all night parties, yeah, yeah. After <laughs> and just like trying to shut the brain down, but night, but most, but it was cocaine and alcohol. That was the thing. I would go have a couple of drinks to get me loose. I'm playing, I'm playing, and I'm drinking a little too many drinks now. Now it's like, oh, I'm getting sloppy. Like now, nah, and I need that other thing to keep me back on track and keep me going for the next couple of hours. Because DJ gigs are a different animal. At least what we do. Like you said, 10 o'clock to 4 a.m.? Then bands. Bands will play sets, right? We, we were, not, we're not doing sets. We at least, I didn't approach it as sets. And the DJs I played with didn't approach it as sets. You know, there was usually two DJs on the deck to play a team. One guy will play for a couple of hours. The next guy will play. And then at some point, they both will play. But they're both part of the same party and team. So as a percussionist, I'll play for a couple of hours. I'll go to the bathroom. Drink some water. I've always hydrated, no matter what, well, you know, I did a lot of cocaine. But I always ate, and I was always hydrated. I've always forced myself to make sure I eat and I'm good. But, man, so, yeah, so it was cocaine and alcohol. Yeah, that's a, it's a rough pair, right? Like, people, crazy. what? It's crazy. It was crazy. crazy. When did you get sober? I know it was 11 years ago. Okay. <laughs> um, I got sober. I needed to get sober because it came to the point where now it was, you know, first the cocaine started happening as recreational. And then it's like, I'll do a little, and then I'll, I can play a little longer and I'm not getting in, in whatever alcohol I have. It can, it takes over the power of the alcohol. So now I'm kind of drunk. I'm feeling loose, but yet I'm wired so I can go and I can get into the music more. I'm kind of just like still in the music for as long as that thing is in the system. And then when it starts to come down, I have to go back to whatever place I go and sneak it in, run back to the drums, let's go, and do that. And then once it started to become a thing where I'm doing it outside of the clubs now and kind of doing it whenever I'm, you know, first I start with, with the music and then I the played the nights and I wasn't playing music, now I'm doing it. So it, it became a problem. And then, again, all my music heroes died of drugs. All of them died of drugs. So, and they all went to rehab and then reading the books, they all go to rehab and then they go out of rehab and then they go back into drugs because rehab somehow doesn't set you up to live in that real world of now you're going back into the circus and how do you live in the circus? It's stay away from the circus, stay away from these people and then you get strong enough and then you just kind of go back and then, ah, shit, they didn't really... There was really no real life scenario mm. inside these rehabs. It was just this is how you do it. You call somebody. I went to AA once, and it wasn't for me because everybody was everybody was messed up. There's something AA. to this. While it help, it seems to help a lot of people. I think the people that kind of run AA, uh -huh. and you'll know more than I do because you've experienced it. But I, it's both successful and unsuccessful at the same time. And then there's there's but there's something to people like the Charlie Sheen method almost, mm -hmm. when he said, no, I'm just sober now. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. like, I was having a problem. I realized that. And like, I get that 
I can't go near that stuff anymore. And that's what I'm going to do. And everybody was like, that's not how it works. Right. And I think Charlie Sheen's doing pretty good nowadays. I mean, he had that thing with the machete. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember he was on the rooftop with, but like there are people and I've, I had worked with a girl that had done this too. She just decided alcohol is not for me anymore. I don't like waking up and I browned out. I don't know where I am, you know? And like you said, yeah. Go on, but please, I'm sorry. Go no, on. no, I love it. So you went to an AA meeting. I went to AA meeting. Everybody was messed up. The AA people, you used to know this. this Grab, being in, Jimmy, from, drink, oh, from, yeah. from drinking and drugging, you know, you look at somebody and they're just either just finished and they're just there because they're coming down now and they're feeling depressed and sorry for themselves. Okay. Or people are still on it at the meeting. It was wild. So I'm like, this is not the environment for me. For me, not for anyone else. I'm just speaking for myself. I will say this also, uh-huh. again, from just, I collect this information. I'm fascinated mm. by it. The mentality of AA and even NA, right. Narcotics Anonymous, mm-hmm. is like, look, it's, it's hard. People mess up. Just come to the meeting. It's okay. Yeah. Like if, you're coming, if you're trying to do the right thing for yourself, you can come. But how did you find the right thing for you? So, so it, it didn't work for you. You were like, no, these people are not the scene I can be around because yeah. this is what I'm trying to get away from in my. I'm so, trying to get away from this, and you, you guys are coming high and drunk. Right. So, what, why, what's, what's going on here? Obviously, this is not going to work. I could see it already, and I didn't want it to be. I, I, I just, it just didn't feel right for me. I had to figure out how to do it on my own. That was the thing. I need to do this on my own, and I need to do this without having to rely on certain things and that. And it's just that's just for me. So I quickly realized, okay, so my, a lot of my heroes, they go to AA, they'll go to these places to learn. And then once they f- check out, because they feel they're strong enough, but they, they have to go back on tour, they have to go back playing music, and now they're back in the belly of the beast. And, and, and many of them describe in their books, and, you know, I went to AA, but it didn't really prepare me to be in the real place and real space in the real time. That's from the books that I read. From my okay, because their work was so. You're seeing this. You realize, like, oh, my work. Yeah, is the place where this kind of yeah. started and is going on. Mm-hmm. I have to keep working, and I see that they have to keep working, but something's amiss. Oh, said yeah. Okay, so I'm like, okay, so I'm here. I have a problem. I don't like what's going on. It's affecting me. Now it's starting to like really be a thing where now I'm doing it more. So it's like, okay. Thank God for music. Music is still the thing that propels me to do what I want to do. And because of my love for music, I want to get sober. How the fuck do I get sober? None of my friends at the time are sober. So what do I do? All right. I got a gig tonight. I don't want to drink because if I drink, I'm definitely going to do cocaine. So what am I going to do? All right. Can't simply just say I'm going to stop drinking. I've tried that. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop and last for a couple of hours. And then I'm drinking because that's what I've been doing. Everybody's drinking. That's what I'm surrounded with. So, okay, I go to the club. I go to the bartender. Hey, I, and I always make, I'm lucky enough to have friends that are bartenders in the police places. Do me a favor. I can't drink anymore. I can't. I can't drink anymore. Serve me a beer. Like, if you have an empty bottle of beer, wash it really good. Put apple juice, because they had these little, like, those little syrupy apple juice things, and those, you can still, I just, Put apple juice in that thing if I ask for a drink or give that to me now and I'm just going to have that. So I'm going to try to not drink. I'm really going to try to not drink so I don't have to do cocaine because the cocaine really came from drinking. So the more I drink, the more cocaine I have to do. So I got to fix this. So I would fake drinking. I would fake drinking. I would go 
There are times where I was victorious and there are times where I just kind of went back. But it, it's a, it took time to figure out how it works. So the main thing I would do is I would go to the clubs or playing with bands and just kind of like I would carry a fake bottle of beer, well, an empty bottle of beer and fill it with orange juice or fill it with, 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 with apple juice, whatever. And then when we're hanging out backstage, I would be the guy drinking apple juice, trying to figure out I'm now fighting in my head. You don't need to drink. You don't need to drink. You don't need to drink. You can do this. You can do this. At the same time, pretending I'm a part of the conversation because people just now people are drinking around me. Like, hey, what's up? You're going to do this? Okay, we're going to start with this song. We're going to do this. Yo, last night, blah, blah, blah. Hey, Jimmy. And I did this because many bands that are still drinking and still drugging, if you're like, well, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not smoking anymore. Somehow there's a negative thing because they're like, well, if you're not drinking, you're not smoking. Are you really a part? Are you really hanging with us? Are you really? That's a thing. It's, a, it's an un, unfortunately, it's a thing. Many back in that time, so I had to make sure I wasn't the Debbie Downer within the music groups, so I could still be the. I could still hang, and be cool, have fun, be myself, without going. Th- but at the same time, going through this mental turmoil of, I really want to drink. I really want to drink. Oh man. A line will be a line of cocaine will be. Oh man, so I'm a little nervous. Been so used to doing something else, playing, having played sober, like straight up, no drinking, you know, whatever. At a gig, so in, in my brain, I'm like going through this. Ah, but you know, but out, you know, outside of that, I'm just like, hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, what? So I would just kind of listen more and not talk as much because I'm going through this mental thing, but still hang, still hang, and still hang. I would tell bouncers, if you see alcohol in my hand, if you see me go to the bar and get a drink, you have, and some of these bouncers at these places I knew. So I said, you have full range because I, I, I'm trying to get off drugs. I'm trying to get off drugs. And they're like, okay, no problem. I see you with a drink. I can hit you. I said, hit me. Like, hit me. <laughs> Don't do it in front of, like, you know, but like, do it. You know, you see me in passing, just grab me, grab it out of my hand. Like, nope. Even that, though you're faking it with the beer bottle? so like Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I had to tell them it's fake. Okay. I would have to explain it to them. But I said, um, if you, see, you see me at the bar and you see alcohol being poured, you have full reign. Or they would take it and smell it. Okay. But, okay. Or I would have open drinks because I realized the beer bottle was small and my breath, whatever. So I would have, like, I got into, like, let me have orange juice with a splash of cranberry. Once I, f- orange juice and cranberries would save me. Oh, yeah. That was the drink. So I would have, like, a, a rock, they call it a rock glass. Yeah. So I'll have a rock glass. With a little bit of ice, and I'll tell the bartender, orange juice with a splash of cranberry, mix it, because it looks like a mixed drink. Yeah, it's a little mocktail. Yes. So, yeah. so I was doing mocktails, but I'm not saying I invented it, but that was my savior, because now I had this mocktail. It's orange juice and cranberry. That became my thing. Bouncers can like, smell it and just, okay, like, it doesn't smell like alcohol, so whatever. And it was just orange juice and cranberry. It's something I can sip, something I can chill with. Because with, with the beer bottles, I was still kind of like subconsciously think I'm drinking beer. So I'm down in fucking apple juice, going to the bathroom more than I had. But with the orange juice and cranberry, it, it, it psychologically, it helped me. I could, now I have a drink. I can just chill. I can sip. I can relax. And then, you know, so I can go. Now I'm starting to go through hours without wanting to drink. So I got my orange juice and cranberry, got my water, chewing gum. Trying to just keep my mind occupied because I was smoking cigarettes at the time too. So I'm trying to stop smoking now. But the orange juice and cranberry is the thing that helped me. So I would pretend I'm drinking alcohol while being with everybody, hanging out, and 
regaining focus playing drums. So now my focus and attention's even more crazy listening to DJ, whoever I'm playing with. But we're talking about the nightlife with DJs and stuff. So now I'm really focused playing with the DJs because now my brain's there. So I'm really like finding a way to live inside the rhythms of the music that's being played on the loudspeaker by playing. So I'm just really concentrating. And then when I really felt like I want to drink or something like that, Mayor Bloomberg at the time stopped cigarettes in New York City. Uh. So now you can't smoke cigarettes inside the clubs. And that's, that started to help. So little by little, because inside the back in those days, you could smoke in the club. So I would have a cigarette in my mouth playing drums. You know, have a little. Sometimes I I don't smoke cigarettes on any regular basis, but sometimes I'll snag one just yeah. so I can hang it out of my mouth. Nice, because I think that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I was smoking. So Let was me tell you smoke. something though, Jimmy. Go ahead, go that ahead. beer bottle trick. Yeah, I've never heard of anybody doing that before. Right. And then, but then you connected it to the like the mocktail thing. Yeah. That's brilliant. And I hope that if I anybody s- hears this and needs that yeah. to help them, it does. It does because you're right about the party scene and the musician scene. Like if you're not partying with them, they're like, well, what like. Are you having fun with us, right? Like, isn't that yeah. part? That's part of this. But um, are you looking at me in a certain way? Right. Are you? How are you? How do you feel about me now? Right. You know, like you know. Do you and truly you it's, better? And yeah. I'm, but inside of my brain, I'm you're just, like, well, I'm it's a problem for me. Maybe not for you, or yeah. maybe not for you yet, or whatever it is, right? Well, the next step was now I still be able to hang out, show up to the gigs, and still do what I had to do. But there did come a time when it was like, now I can't hang with this cat anymore, really, because like, this is what he's too deep. It's a lifestyle. You know what I mean? A lot of this stuff is, it's lifestyle. It's, you know, you go to the clubs, you know, you do your thing, go to the bathroom or you're in the back green room, you're in the green room or on the dance floor, on the decks. DJs would do that stuff right on the decks. Never, you know what I mean? Or whoa, yeah, but you know, you, right sh- off the record, right off the. It, it's been done. It's it's a joke, but it's been. I've seen it. I've seen it. You know, I mean, it's probably a record that's on its way out. No one's gonna really, but like <laughs> on the on the on the slip mat, it's crazy. I've seen stuff, or the girls go back there and whatever. But it's a thing the where lifestyle. it's like sometimes they're like, okay, now you're getting sober, so how are you looking at me? So now right. it's a psychological thing on their part too. So that's another reason. So I didn't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable just trying to get sober. Right. Trying to just keep my brain from cracking. And like, this is so, you know, everything has been, I've been drinking at this point. I've always been drinking. It's just when I got to New York City, it just really started to get like out of control. So other reports that I've spoken to about people who I know who are sober, other people report a similar, like what you're saying, uh, when you stopped drinking and, and using, right? Like you realized that the people you were hanging out with might not have really been your friends. They were just like your drinking friends. So, okay. So a lot of them were friends, but a lot of them were people that you saw in passing at the club and okay. they had the thing. Oh, okay. So it's like, hey, Jimmy, like, yeah. Oh yeah, let's go. So a lot of everybody was sweet and cool people when you just, you know, like when I see them later, when they think I'm messed up, but I'm drinking, but I'm just drinking orange juice uh-huh. and just kind of like just there and just still hanging with people. So it just took me a minute to kind of like not hang with certain people at the clubs. So I would just be like, so yeah, I guess I would, certain people I would have to stay kind of like just not really hang, hang because that's when it becomes like this all night thing. Because we'll go to so-and-so's house because so-and-so had an abundance of things to have for a couple of hours for the next 
hours into the wee morning hours right. to hang out. And so then I you, would and stop going you know to them. It, you boarded the door. Yeah. And, and, you're, and you're, you're suited up because you think the cops are. Anyhow. So it's like, ah, no, nah, tomorrow morning I got something. Tomorrow morning I can't. Okay, cool, man. Hey, well, here's a little something. And I would still receive things. And so it's just a matter of being strong enough to take it out of my pocket. Like, Jimmy, this is for you, you know, type of thing. Oh, and wow. Yeah. So People it's hooking like, you up. Yeah. Everybody loves Jimmy Lopez. It was telling free. You. It was, a lot of stuff is free. It's free. Right. You know what I mean? It's free. A lot of people are like, yo. Whoa. Yo. Yo. Temptation, yo. right? Because you're part of the music. You're part of making everybody feel good. So a lot of that stuff is free. And a lot of other things, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the extracurricular activities of the physical nature with a partner. A lot of that happens too. So you're kind of like, oh, oh, you know, very sexy environment, sexual things that happen with that because you're playing and person's feeling the energy and they're free and they want to express that with you physically. And you're like, oh, okay, you know. So it became a thing where I'm still going to hang. I made it okay. I'm still going to be friends with people, but there are certain things I can't show up for any longer. So when I see you at the clubs, we're friends. What's up? How you doing? Hey, Jimmy. You know, okay. And then it became a point where, and, and, I, and, and I would fall and stumble and mess up. But the next day, I have the next day again when I wake up. And then so, so, so you know, I relapsed, I guess, you know, I, it, it wasn't like I just, I, it happened. And, it, you know, it took, it took how to approach it and how to do it and how am I going to approach it and what am I going to say. And, and like you said, you know, who, who are the people that I get it from and who are the people that I have with that heavy energy? Because when you're in it, you get sucked into that energy. And then who are the people who are just really cool? They're just having a good time. You can just be like, yo, I'm, I'm going to see you later. So it was just what you said. You know, certain people, I had to really make sure I have a stance or I figure out how to say no without offending and without making them feel like they're a monster or anything like that. You know, like I'm getting high because of you. You're giving me all this free stuff and we're doing all this. Right, so it's just right. like, hey, baby, what's up, man? And then, then I learned to be like, you know, I'm good. I'm good right now. I'm good. Or my famous one is, bro, I've been smoking all day. I'm good. I can't smoke anymore right now, man. I, I just can't. But I haven't. I just, you know, I've been smoking. I've been, dude, I've been doing stuff all week. I just need a, I just, my body just needs a break today. Oh, okay. Because they know. People I, get I, that. Because I, yeah. I party with them. So they're like, huh. okay, I get it. But it became a thing where I just, I'll just play more, play more. So that's one of the reasons why I play for hours. When you see me play with just with bands, whatever, but like, you know, bands, you take a, you play for an hour, take a break, you go for the second set. But with DJs, I would I normally play for, I easily can play for six hours straight, you know, bathroom and water included, because I needed to stop hanging, <laughs> you know, talking and going to the bathroom and doing stuff. So the more I played, the more people would just be like, okay, cool. And people would just, you know. You know, oh, so they, it was they like wouldn't... a little bit of a boundary for you. Yeah, so it was. You're playing. Yeah, yeah. But that's also. A good, that's a good word. Thank but... you. So I created a boundary and it was just playing, getting deep, deeper and deeper and deeper and putting myself into a meditative state. In a trance, state. yeah. Yeah. Thanks, that's a great word. In a, in a trance. Which is also Sorry. what people want. I think that's when it comes to musicians mm -hmm. using drugs and that maybe being appealing mm -hmm. to an audience. What they want to mm -hmm. see is transcendence, is you reaching a higher plateau one way or the other. Like if you can. Work yourself there, mm -hmm. even if you only play for an hour, right? Like part of that trick is getting to that place yes. where you are in flow, yes. right? Like in your free creative state. And I will say nine times out of 10, if, uh, if I'm drinking, mm -hmm. 
I'm not really sure why. Mm-hmm. I, I don't consider myself to be a person with a problem. Okay. Drug- I've never, I've never nice. used cocaine ever. Nice. Good for you. Thank you. But uh, just because it doesn't really appeal to me. But I get the appeal. But um, I like speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So faster well, you, things. You could feel. You could be considered very tightly wound, very, yeah. very high energy. Yeah. I, I could be high. I'm energy high too. energy. Normally, people think sometimes I do cocaine. Uh, do people uh, say that to you as well? Uh, yes, there was a time where people would just assume, like, okay, is he on? Like some people assume, like I. Some people think I smoke a lot of weed, but I don't. It's just I've been around the culture so much. I understand the mannerisms, and I just kind of. Do the mannerisms sub- subconsciously just talking to people because I'm so used to talking to people who are on it. <laughs> okay. And I just wanted to make sure that I'm not because it that happened because of when I was getting sober. I was just want to make sure that I could still hang with everybody without them thinking, without them knowing that I'm fucking internally holding on by a thread, trying to be sober and saying, no, no, no. I would still act the mannerisms of it. So no one would ask or no one would offer. So I would fake like I'm on cocaine. Sometimes by like playing with my nose. Because if you're doing certain things, there are certain things that happen physically. If you do cocaine, right? Things it, it, the nose is required. So things are going on with the nose that you would do with your hands, and that people suggest. Oh, is he, oh yeah, he's definitely on coke. But people who oh, do the cocaine understood. They'll still think I'm on it, so they wouldn't really. Or as many of the times they'll they'll think I'm still on it, they won't even ask anymore. So it's, it's all these survival techniques I was creating. So subconsciously, when I'm around people that are on it, and this happens today still, that are on it, I understand that energy, so I'll talk and I'm hanging out, but sometimes my hand gestures will suggest that I'm on it too, but I'm not. It's a subconscious thing that just happens. Wow. So people assume that I am. So if I'm around people that smoke marijuana, yeah, I have a way of so laughing. They won't I won't offer it to you. It, be, it became that thing, but now it's just like, they just assume, oh, right, I'm going to go outside and smoke. You want to... I'm smoking the bowl. Is that cool with you? Come on. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Or, all right, cool. So then it comes to the point, like the people who use cocaine. Okay, now I'm going to go to the bathroom and do my thing. And, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. Come on. Want to come with? Or they give you that suggestion. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what it is. And I'm like, low oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And they're like, okay. I was like, no. I was like, I'm good. And I realized, oh, shit, I did it again. So, no, I'm good. I'm good, baby. I'm good. I'm, I, I got to play. <laughs> I got to play. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just. So sometimes I catch myself doing it. I'll tell my lady, oh, I did that thing again. I, she's like, well, you got to stop, you know. But those are still, they're interesting mechanisms. And you're, you still had to find that place for right. yourself. That's but crazy. But people know but, I'm sober. I mean, sober it's amazing. Now. It's not crazy. I it's, appreciate it. It's amazing. But I tell people I'm sober now. So now these times I'm living for the past couple of years when I meet people and people ask, I'm sober. I'm like, I don't drink. I don't drink anymore. I don't do anything anymore. But I still like the hang with people, my friends. So they're like, oh, okay. So like, yeah. So you don't drink anything? I don't drink alcohol. I can hang out in a bar. Everybody could have a drink. I can, I want to smell it sometimes because it's like, now it's like, this is fucking disgusting. Like this, <laughs> what is this? Like, good. the hell is this you're drinking? So I could smell it and I could hang and I can have fun with it because of what I did. I can hang out in a bar and that, so I never stopped. Basically, long story, I never stopped. I never put, I never stopped. Like my heroes have stopped went someplace and came back and tried to exist in it. I just learned how to exist in it because I had this amazing flow of playing almost every night of music. Yeah, well, you, yeah, it's your so, livelihood. Yeah, so I had to learn how to exist in it 
and just figure it out. Because I knew it was going to take some time to figure it out. It's just a matter of how figuring it out without offending anyone or offending myself, you know, disrespecting myself and making myself holier than thou than someone else who who is yeah. still doing making putting my making oh Jim, yeah jimmy's a snob like i had to make sure i wanted to make sure that i was respecting myself and other people as well and learn how to be strong to say no it, it took a while to to get to the point to say no like no i'm good without worrying about how someone else is gonna feel that was that was the victory when i could finally not pretend and just be like no no i'm good baby no oh, dude i've been smoking it was no, I, I, don't, I don't smoke anymore, and I'm good. No, I don't drink anymore, but I'm good. And they're like, oh. So now, but it's to the point where people are like, oh, I thought you still smoke because you have this energy like you smoke. <laughs> or, oh, I thought you still drink because if, if you, you're, 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 the way your body is, you're, you, know, you just, I just assumed that you drank. I just, you had just a body language of someone that drinks or something like that. It's, you know, it's just, so that's cool because people are at ease. So I'm like, ah. I arrived at that place where people thought, think I am, but they don't have to offer it. Nobody really offers anymore. But I, but I do tell people now, like when this happened for the past couple of years, I'm just like, oh, I don't drink anymore. I'm sober. I'm happy being sober. And I realize now that people respect that more. When I met you, Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 oh, that's cool. That's Thanks for wonderful. letting me talk about that. That's awesome. I'm so I'm I'm glad that you feel comfortable sharing it. Oh, one thing, one thing. Sure, sure. The most another another okay so the 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 cocktail orange juice and cranberry juice was I still drink to this day because now I just love orange juice. I'm and gonna cranberry. probably do that. It's, like I said, nine good. times out of ten, so, I wonder why am I drinking alcohol? And it's, John Coltrane, the jazz musician John Coltrane, because he was on heroin at one point, and and fought. I would I never did heroin, so I do not understand when I when I read things, I can get what they're saying, but then when they had. They fought it out. They sweated it out. I don't understand what that means, only in scientific terms, but I never did it myself, so I don't know what it is. Right. What it is. But John Coltrane was one of those guys who was in that scene, that heavy drug scene, and then decided, I can't do this anymore because everybody's dying from this, and I, gotta, I, got, I got this thing I got to do. I'm on a mission, musically. Transcended from doing drugs and reached a place of spirituality. That's what I was looking for because I've always been a spiritual person. I was on the drugs. So when I started getting into John Cole training and reading about him, he's like, oh, man. And how being a musician sober is a whole nother dimension different than being intoxicated doing music. It is a whole nother power, a whole nother energy. It is intoxicating into itself, into a beautiful thing, a beautiful intoxication. I was like, what is that? Is you know this them describing is more powerful than being on this drug and that drug. You feel music on another level. So I was like, oh, okay, I need to get into this. How? What is this? You're what is? Because you're what's playing sober on it and you're giving being, it all of your brain yeah, power, yeah. and and it's not easy, right? That's In the beginning, no. Yeah, but like when you now it's like I'm sober, and I can feel the music differently. Going back to when you first get into music. What is this? I want to, oh, I love this song. I never heard this song before. I want to be a musician. What is this instrument calling to me? Drums. I love drums. What is this? Oh, my God. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It allows me. So it brings me back to that time when I first discovered music and, like, playing and being a kid all over again. So playing sober now is even more powerful because 
I can interact with musicians more. I can talk to people more. I can be present more. I can communicate on stage differently than being just a bunch of free jazz musicians, which, which I've done. I still play like free jazz stuff and playing improvisational music where you're not even looking at each other. You're just kind of just feeling things and because you're all high as whatever <laughs> and just kind of listen to the music. And you could do that now, but on a deeper level. So, so John Coltrane is a musician that I always respect and love because he's the guy that really put me on a road to being music, finding music in this spiritual thing that's different spiritually than being, being intoxicated or being on drugs or taking some sort of narcotics to get you there. And again, anybody that does that, that's you. I have no disrespect or anything. I don't see you any different. It's just my path is just, I just feel music now on a different level that makes more sense to me in which I'm not second guessing anything of who I am as a human being. So it works for me. So now when I hear music, when I'm interacting with another human being, whether on stage or off stage, there's this a real genuine thing because now I can say, I see you, you exist while I exist. You may be on a different thing than I'm on. You might be taking something differently than I'm taking my arms, do whatever. And, but I'm still cool with you. And you know, and it's, uh, you know, when people ask, are you on this? You do this, you do that. I'm like, no, I'm sober, sober for 11 years, man. But I like this conversation we're having. So let's just still hang. If you need to go do your thing, it's cool. If, you know, and now it's finding people are trying to stop. Yeah. And like, oh, well, what's it like? How did you do it? And I'm like, wow. Sobriety has taken a new sort of trend on recently, slightly like since before the pandemic again, but yeah, for a while. When I first met you, I offered to buy you a drink and you said, oh, no, that's okay. I don't drink alcohol. And I just assumed, oh, shit. I, I oh, never sorry. assumed that you had a problem or anything. Like, this is the first <laughs> I'm that. hearing of it. Nice. Oh. I just figured, oh, he doesn't like to drink. So, you know, mission accomplished. It, he doesn't like the to way drink, but maybe it, he does a lot of other stuff. The, the way you said it was unpretentious. Oh, cool. And it alluded to no sort of, you know, you've made it right in your life for yeah, you. I needed to. It's, I needed to. Which is great. Like, I would have been dead. Good work. Yeah. I have an addictive personality. If I'm, if I'm into something, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. So it would have became more and more and more and more. And then I would eventually have sold instruments just to, it would, it would have, wow. it, it, it would have gone somewhere if I didn't choose not to do it. It would have, something would have happened. I would have, so, you know, did I hit a bottom? Yeah, a couple of times I hit my bottom and, but I was able to bounce back to go to the top and to continue to climb with it. Cause now you're sober. Now I'm existing life through sobriety and I can hang out with pretty, you know, I mean, you know, it's not like I sit down and someone's doing cocaine and well, actually it has happened. Someone's just kind of doing their thing, you know, and I'm not like, yo, don't do that next to me. It's just like, that's you. That's you. I'm, I'm good. If your energy changes to something annoying or something that I can't hang with, I'm just going to bounce. I'm going to go I'm like, Hey, how are you getting home? You have a way of getting home. You have taken an Uber. Okay, great. And then I'm out, you know? So, but like, I don't crave doing anything. I do not crave it. Like I, I, I don't crave a drink. I really don't. Even if I'm at a place of, if I'm upset about something or whatever, it's not like, oh, I'm fucking pissed off. I want a drink. Calm me down. I need a cigarette. I need a line or something. It's nothing like that, which is awesome. But like, I know, but I do know if I ever cross the boundary again, it will be harder. No bueno. 
Yeah. That's tough. what I do. So it's not like I'm untouchable now. Like, you know, it's not like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not drinking no more. You know, I'm so powerful. I don't need a drink and stuff. That may be. But I know that if I do ever cross that line, because, again, life can throw things at you and you're just like, you know, God, and, and I hope I try to make it easier for yourself. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a stumble. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. And if I get into it, if I have it, if I have one, I understand the power of one. Now I didn't understand the power of one when I was then trying tomorrow, to get so it's easier to have. Yes. Two. So yes, I didn't go to rehab. I didn't go to AA. I didn't go to N the Narcotics Anonymous. Yeah. NA, I didn't go anything that. So I skipped steps. There are there are things put in place, pro, things put in place for a reason to help someone get sober. So I skipped things. So later on, I was able to go back and take some of those ideas and implement it to where I'm at now. You know, and and just like anything, you play jazz music. There's certain stickings that just don't pertain to you, but there's other stickings like oh, this is gonna be this is gonna <laughs> oh, be my it. you know this is gonna be my this is gonna be the the beginning of my drum fills and there's certain stickings that I'm going to take because it allows me to, so things like that. You know, I don't Bring use every drums, single, Jimmy. yeah, I don't use every single rudiment in the world, but I, the ones that I've learned to use, I use them and learn how to make combos out of them. But I know if I was to ever do that one trip. And then it gets harder. It's, even. I know it's going to go, okay. And it's gonna and coming back out is gonna be even. It's it might be easier. It might be harder. I don't know. But I'm not going through that one trip. So I understand the power of that one thing. And all it takes. And then being sober for eleven years, I understand if I mess up. What that if there is no little sip, there is none of that. It cannot be. Before that's what took longer to get there because I'll just have a little sip. And I and I existed that way for maybe a year. I could drink. I was drinking, but not getting drunk. I was learning how to get buzzed and be good. Like, everybody, oh, I'm just buzzed. I'm good. And just kind of. So I never conquered it. I was just now I'm addicted to getting buzzed. Yeah. So now I'm not getting messed up. Now I'm just getting to that place. That, that perfect level. Yes. And that's the dragon you're chasing. Yeah. So okay. now. So that, so I became addicted to that. And so, it snowballs because so I'm like, you okay, need more and more alcohol. I won't do right? cocaine. I'll smoke a joint and play. So now I'm. Smoking a joint, but I'm still a little drinking. So now you got this marijuana mixed with the alcohol, right. and I'm hungry, but yet I'm I'm a little sluggish. But I can, you know, I'm whatever. So it just it just I just had to stop because it it would never ever stop. And I and I wanted to stop. I wanted I wanted to have that. I don't want to say control because that sounds a little conniving. I wanted that control, and if someone's not living that lifestyle, they're not control. That's not it. But I just for but you me, didn't want to be out of control. discipline. I wanted that discipline. Okay. Because I love music so much and I wanted to be a disciplined musician. And then how can I achieve being a disciplined musician if I'm not disciplined in my soul core and my center? So in order for me to be able to say, I can do this, I had to do this. That's what it was for me. And then discovering musicians like who do that, who became sober, some of them late in life, like Stevie Ray Vaughan became sober. And he was just like, bro, playing music sober is the most Holy, I get it. Okay. But he passed. But musicians like Clifford Brown, who's a j jazz musician who played sober during the times of Max Roach, and he was getting all the gigs because everybody was strung out on heroin. He was the one being called. But God called him home. He got into a car accident. And this is probably back in the 40s or whatever. But sobriety happens. And when you're playing a wedding gig, now imagine me at the wedding gig 
where alcohol is really free. Right. And you know, like you can drink. And I've gotten drunk. And I've, I've gotten, holy cow. Can't, I'm not going to say the name of the wedding company or the person who hired me. But I did a wedding where I got drunk out of my mind. And they had to grab me and put me in a closet. Whoa. In a closet. And someone had to watch me throughout the whole wedding. Because that person would go to the bathroom and actually, you know what? I sneak out of the closet and I go back onto the drums. And I'm drunk as fuck. And I just like. So, yeah. So uh-huh. it, it has happened. I've gotten really messed up and I lost that wedding gig because it was a, a wedding company that was a, it's a big wedding company. And I lost that opportunity. I think that was my first. That was my second time on the job with that company. That hurts. The first time I was drunk. But I barely escaped it. The second one was when I got really, really messed up. I was messed up. I was, I, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how I got home. But sobriety is awesome as a musician. And, and playing with DJs, it's crazier because the DJ culture is a different drug culture than going to see a rock band, going to see a jazz band. You know, you could go see a jazz band, smoke a joint, have a glass of wine and enjoy the music, the complexity of jazz, go and see rock and roll. You'll have a... Whatever you do your thing. DJ culture, there's other type of drugs, there's other things. So there's a lot that a drummer and musician can get pulled into. Like I got, I, you know, sucked into, pulled into, start experimenting with because DJ gigs are different gigs. Sometimes the audience is right on you. You know it. You're, like, you're, playing, you're playing percussion on the dance floor, the the. the the DJ setup is set up where no one can go behind the DJ booth, whatever. So now everybody's surrounding you. And next thing you know it, you're just like, ooh, ooh, oh, hey. You know, and oh, my God. You know, the things that happen and you can get pulled in. So it's very important to, if you want to get sober, get sober. You can do it. You can do it. And trust me, I was doing a lot. Okay. So it, it can be, it wasn't like a, it, was, <laughs> it was some stories. Um, but, We're going to probably finish up soon. Oh, yeah. And do I'm you, very grateful. Do to you this. have anything you want to talk about, or any goals that you want to put into the into you know, the into the atmosphere, or mm-hmm. anything that you have like a car thought and want to get out? Since this is about, you said oh, it's a fusion with DJs and Mostly. musicians. That's that's where I'm finding yeah. my the the my interviews, and that's where I have the most attention okay and interest right now okay that's cool so musicians and djs basically working basically musicians and djs working together okay keeping in that vein i would say it's awesome it's a beautiful music genre i agree with you it's a music genre that really hasn't hit the ceiling yet you know they're like djs that come out with a hit song and maybe live they'll have something but i i have i it's it's a genre that i see still growing and I would love to see it grow more. I would love to go to sit down and watch the Grammys and there's DJ so-and-so with percussionist so-and-so, musician so-and-so. They wrote that song together. I think it's a beautiful genre. I think that, honestly, you know, if you're one of those people who do it, because I've met musicians, I hope it doesn't take too long, I, I, I've met musicians like I said, it is. Oh, I love that the it Grammys is, and there's a DJ spinning and a drummer playing, or drummer sax. playing or sax or yeah. whatever, whatever. You know, they wrote the song together. That's and, big thinking, Jimmy. We yeah, need that. I appreciate that. That's what this podcast is for. Uh, yeah, and you know, many times I know people play wedding gigs as a musician, and they would rather play another type of gig. And I, 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 I get it, but also it's a blessing 
and don't undermine anybody if you're a musician who plays with wedding bands or anything like that. You know, it's it's still a cover band at the end of the day, and everybody's an artist, and everybody should treat each other as an artist. DJs, you know, you know, DJs make a lot of money. A lot of DJs make a lot of money in in the not only the nightclub world but also the corporate world. And I know a lot of musicians do not make a lot of money. They might ask for it, but they might not get it because sometimes the people doing the hiring feel like the DJ granted the music. It's about the DJ. It's about the music in general, but whatever, you know, it's okay for musicians to listening to this, whether it's musicians of our peers that we know that play a kill it or those listening to it who want to get into playing with DJs, whether in the nightclub or weddings or both or whatever. It's okay to ask for money that you're worth to get. It is okay to ask for hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars if you can produce what it is that you expected to produce, playing-wise, entertaining-wise, because it's a different animal. You're entertaining people on the dance floor. You're entertaining guests and stuff, and it's okay to ask for that. I just think at the end of the day, we're all artists under the sun and today DJs have singers and stuff, and that might be a thing. You're killing it on and making a lot of money. It's okay. Still strive for what you want to do. You might need to do. Your students might not be around. People might move, and you might need a DJ gig here or there. That does require a lot of money because there's a lot of moving parts involved. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all artists. We're all here together as musicians. And so because of DJ culture... I met Frank because of DJ culture. I'm able to do what I am doing now. And I have nothing bad to say about it, I guess, if that makes anything. <laughs> if that made any sense, I don't know. But I just think it's cool, man. And, you know, check out my Instagram. You can see what I'm doing. And But that's, you know, I respect it. Because of it, I'm able to do what I'm doing and have been doing it for a while. Do you have any goals for what you're doing? Like you, So you just moved to Nashville. Well... Uh, I have a, a little bit more, so a little bit more questions. Uh, if, you, if you can, yeah, like, yeah, okay. I'm here. I, I, uh, you I don't move... want you audience to be like, "Oh my god, this is boring." No, I cut, <laughs> like I said, I'll cut it up. So you moved to Nashville from like New York, New Jersey, which is a big move because you have you have gigs still in New York. Yes, you, you take work in New York still. Yes, playing but, with like, DJs, playing with a lot of a lot of DJ works and doing bands and with in Nashville, not doing. I'm not doing anything with DJs in Nashville. It's okay. mostly with bands. Is that your goal for Nashville? Are you looking to go more live music now? Yes. Okay. Looking to go more live music. Do you have a five-year sort of plan? Catch up with the stuff I was not able to do in the city. Okay. That I'm now blessed to do here. So I'm living that now. I'm enjoying that, building that, and still get to play with DJs when I go back to the city. And get to exist here playing with with non-DJs, playing with, you know, traditional instrumentalists, guitar players, drummers and bands, doing cover music, doing original music, doing recording sessions. And that's something I see myself doing for the next couple of years, continuing doing it bigger, going on tours and doing recording sessions, maybe, maybe even teach. I don't know. I've never really I just started kind of teaching. Possibly getting to a point where I'll probably work with a DJ here and maybe start something like that up here or bring or import someone from New York City, bring them here and maybe 
add that to what's going on. But yeah, so baking bread. I bake bread now. Yeah, <laughs> bake it outside I've been of music. A lot of it. It's really great. Thanks. Baking yeah. bread, making coffee, making friends. I would say is a big thing that I'm doing here. I think that's been a big thing for you. I guess. Yeah. It's, and it's and. probably it could be your most important thing. Ooh. All you know, all music and 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 high intellect aside, right? Like I, I, everything you said today was beautiful, but oh, I appreciate that. But I think the most beautiful thing I learned from you, Jimmy, is how to reach out and be a friend and mm. make a friend and a bis and a uh, like a colleague as well. Yeah. And that this is the world we want to live in. Right. Oh, that's um, sweet. How do people find you <laughs> on the phone or Instagram? Like, is, that, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's like how to, What's your? Oh, they find okay. Me so, weird. so, so, Jimmy. Okay. Not a lot of energy. So, what's your Instagram, Jimmy? Oh, I guess you could go. <laughs> you could go to Jimmy Lopez Percussionist. Okay. And that should be. You might find two of them. Right. But Jimmy Lopez Percussionist. There's two. There's reason for that. Is I have one Instagram for what I do as with bands and or can't say organic. I have music and things outside of DJ culture musically. Then I have stuff exclusively with the DJ culture stuff. So you'll have like Jimmy Lopez percussionist. And then there's another Jimmy Lopez percussionist. And that's the other one that I use just for DJ stuff. Yes. And the other ones I use just for band or outside of any music and artistic endeavors outside of that. So I use those two. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. I love that you separated it. You're like, hmm. Yeah. It's a good, and I think it's good marketing too. And, but in, oh, in any case, you're present on both. Like you reach and and you and you reach out to people. How many people have you reached out to? Similar to the way like we met like, every day, we connected every day. Really, every day I do that to somebody, especially over here. Every day, some people reach to me back. Some people don't because for some. Okay, so the reason why I had two Instagrams marketing is marketing myself because I do a lot of different things percussively or musically. So I just want to make sure that when the right person needs to see the right person, the person who needs to see what I'm doing to see if I'm a right fit for what they're doing sees the correct lane that I'm in so they can, you know, come up to the conclusion of, oh, okay, this person does that and I'm, and I'm looking for someone to do that. So this is it. But a reason for, another reason was because I was, doing, I, was, I was doing so much with DJs that bands didn't want to hire me or just never really gave me a serious time and day <clears throat> I had to create a second account just to show bands that I play with bands that's great you know yeah and vice versa when DJs if someone's like oh you should check this guy named Jimmy Lopez I have two Instagram accounts you should check this guy Jimmy Lopez he's he I think as a DJ you would you would like to play with this guy so they might go to a different account and be like well I don't see any DJ content Right. So on my pages, I'll be like, check this out, check this out, and go to this link. So it's, it's a whole big thing. But it's really funny. I created the two of them. So whoever needed to see what, because you'd be like, oh, it. yeah, f you know, follow me on Instagram, but follow Jimmy Lopez too. Yeah. And you're like, two. And you go, yeah, I have two Instagram accounts. And, and, and you're like, <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah. So, and I get that. People are like, why do you have two? Why don't you put everything on one? And I'll explain to them because sometimes the people on one side need to see this other thing, and the people on the other side need to see that other thing. To see if I could, if I'm the right person for what they're looking to do. It's cool, and I kind of it's cool. It's fun. It's good. Yeah. So one of them gets more attention, and then now the other one gets more attention. So it's, it's really cool. But I, I really like now. Like I said, I've been playing with DJs for so many, many years. Now I'm in this beautiful space where I can play with non DJs musically and 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 exist in that 
and and open the doors for that creative space to to exist and i love them both and i respect both brains if that makes any sense i respect both brains i respect both lifestyles and i'm you know i'm happy doing what i'm where i'm at now because it's awesome and but i still get to go back and do things with 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 DJs, but I'm just more concentrated at this point in my life with other stuff. Doesn't mean I won't stop playing with DJs. Doesn't mean I don't stop playing weddings. Doesn't mean I don't stop playing in nightclubs. It's just now I'm being recognized for this other thing that I always wanted to be recognized for, as well as playing with DJs. And I, you know, and I have nothing but respect for it. And I'll always have respect for it. And I'll always love it. And I always have my ears out for that. But I exist now as well as in this in this other realm that I've been wanting to exist and it's, and it's wonderful. So yeah. Great. So thank you for listening to this podcast by my Jimmy. brother, Frank Lau, an amazing musician, an even better person putting this together and who loves this music and loves this whole thing. And when a DJ's in the booth, leave him alone or leave her alone. Don't come with your phone and say, can you play this? They've probably already played it or there's a reason why they haven't played it. Thank you. Uh, thanks for being on this interview and sharing your journey <laughs> it. and it, it's going to be a lot of fun I'll, I can't wait Please. to see you play later thanks man thank you thank you thank you for listening to the Frank's Percussion Podcast my non-alcoholic bar drink of choice is currently fresh lime juice and tonic on the rocks thanks Jimmy for sharing your story and joy of music with us reach Jimmy on Instagram at Jimmy Lopez Percussionist and at Jimmy underscore Lopez underscore percussionist underscore two. If you have any suggestions or want to be on the podcast, reach me on Instagram at Frank's Percussion. I love you.